Hey, busy business people. I am here today with two entrepreneurs taking action, Kate and Daniel. They are on a mission to empower 1 million entrepreneurs to get on board with Web 3.0, and I'm getting the scoop today on how they're going to do it. So I feel like we have to start with some definitions just so people understand what we're talking about because a lot of this is new. So can we like, what is Web 3.0? All right. So Christina, um, Web 3.0 is the next generation of the internet. It's the internet on steroids. To kind of simplify, what's the difference between Web 1.0, Web 2.0, and Web 3.0? So Web 1.0, this is your old flat website, right? You can read. Web 2.0, this is, you can read and write. This is your Facebook. This is your LinkedIn account. This is your Google. You can do some research. You can do some social um, interactive components to it. And Web 3.0, that's where we're heading. This is you in the internet in a form of avatar. So you can go there, shop, play, um, socialize, um, create some business. That's a web 3.0. So it's very exciting. And um, the technology is still, you know, it's still going on. Um, We're not there yet, even though a lot of people were thinking we're already in web four, like, no, not even in web three from (laughs) expert. It's actually hilarious. Like we're heading towards web 4.0. It's like, no, we're not in web 3.0 yet. They're still building technology. But um, for entrepreneurs to really simplify What's the difference of Web 2.0, Web 3.0 in a form of e-commerce, right? Web 2.0 is your Amazon. You shop everything in your cart. Amazon ship it to your account. Well, Web 3.0, any entity or you, Christina, can recreate your own office or, or your own store in the virtual world. And so you can go there, for example, Nike. You can go there and walk as a form of avatar. You can be who you want to be. And you can shop and browse different different shoes in a form of 3D form. And uh, Nike customer service in a form of avatar can tell you about the stories, about the shoes. And then click with your digital wallet and then Nike will ship it to your store. How cool is that? That's really cool. So it's kind of like a combination of like an in-person experience, but online, bringing us back closer to not having to travel, but still getting to have that experience and be able to talk to the people in the stores. And that's really cool. I like yeah. that. It's such a simple way to explain that. <laughs> it's amazing. So many people are so confused that I love how you broke that down. I know the other thing happening as we move into Web 3.0 were the NFTs, which are confusing absolutely everybody. So do you guys have like a simple way to explain what NFTs are? Yeah, absolutely. To simplify, so NFT is the digital asset where um, when you mint an NFT, like for example, Christina, like I'm gonna ask like your photo right now, right? I can create you an NFT, like a digital, a digital art. Every time a person mint your NFT, there is some utility attached to it. It may be, okay, there's, when you buy or mint your NFT, then you have a 30 minutes coaching session with me. So you're not just buying an art. You get that now? So 
I know the value of NFT fluctuates. So what is a non-fungible token means? I mean, that, that word is even like, what the heck does that mean, right? If I have a dollar, Christina, you have a dollar, Dan have a dollar, we swap all three, it's the same value because it's fungible. Well, if I have a BMW 2021, you have BMW 2021, Dan have a dip, a BMW 2021, but mine might have more mileage and have a little bit of ding in my car, in my car. So my car is not as valuable as yours. So that makes it non-fungible. So NFT is non-fungible. You know, some people might find it valuable for a cultural significance. So that's the difference between fungible and non-fungible. Is that clear? Oh, I like that. I haven't thought about it that way. But that's just like like artwork. Like if you go and buy a painting, some people are going to see that as a very valuable painting and other people think it looks like a three-year-old did it and it's not worth anything. That's a exactly. really good way to think of that. I love that. Oh, man, that's amazing. Because I think that's the biggest thing. And I hadn't thought about the value attached. I don't think I really even understood that either, that like coaching sessions and things like that attached to them is part of how they get the value. And even that varies, like, right. A coaching session for one person is like, Oh, I would easily pay you like 10 grand for that. Cause you're amazing. Someone else is like, I don't know who you are. I wouldn't give you $10. Like yes, exactly. <laughs> so, um, anyone can use the NFT. You can use it like that. Like selling your coaches, your retreats, your experience, whatever that may be, or even, you know, your, you know, physical asset, if you're selling something of like a skincare and you're giving your customer an NFT, then that really creates brand loyalty because the NFT, they can resold it in the second market. And so that's the beauty of technology of NFT. And that's because of blockchain technology. Dan, do you have something to add? Yeah, no, I, I mean, always a, a great definition from Kate, but the NFT technology, I think, is people get caught up on this last year around seeing it as like an investment. Can I flip it? Can I make some money? There's pictures, but not seeing that the technology can be used for an unlimited of, of ways, right? And I think a lot of what people are going to see in the future is every ticket that you purchase to any conference, any event, every sporting event is going to be purchased as an NFT because then you have something physically that you can keep in your wallet, your digital wallet. That, you know, it's kind of like before you, I remember keeping those stubs to every concert I ever went to. I yep. always had those, but now I don't know where they are, right? They've disappeared into like dust, right? Over the time. So can you imagine if you had a digital version of that, that you got as a memento that you could keep forever? Or like Kate said, you could then resell that on the secondary market because maybe it was like the last concert of, which I went to the last concert of a group, of famous group back in the day. And I can only imagine if I had a digital version of that today, it actually might be worth something. That's a neat way to think about that. And I think it, you know, brings up a lot of the questions that people have too, right? So like, what, how do you like resell it? How do you value it? How do you, what, you know, like if you have a coaching thing attached to it and somebody buys it, does that mean they also bought the coaching thing? Like how does no. that work? Yeah, well, that depends on you because that's something the smart contract does. So when you launch your own NFT, you can create all sets of rules. So it's up to you as a creator, whatever you want to do. That's yes. neat. I think that's we're gonna, think of it. 
we're going to see a lot of it as like what Kate mentioned, reward programs. So it's less about the resale value and more about as a, you know, you're, you are my best VIP client. Let's say you've been my client for a long time and I want to add extra value. So I give you an NFT as a reward program, or maybe I give you a rare special NFT, which Kate mentioned that unlocks an additional utility, like a one-on-one in-person, uh, you know, instead of our 30 minute digital, you got the rare one because you're my, my best long-term VIP client. So I give you an NFT, which unlocks a one-on-one meeting with me. So it's less about like the value of the NFT or the resale value to you. It's more about me giving it to you as a reward because, uh, you know, that's brand and customer loyalty. So I think we're, we'll see this as more than just, you know, the investment, more than just resale value. It's going to be a lot around something that I might keep forever. So I'm not even going to think about reselling it because it's it doesn't have a lot of value to somebody else. It has more significance to me. That's a good way to think about it. So it's more the like emotional relationship, like memory based value than like an actual intrinsic dollar value. That's a neat way to think about it. I like that. I know the other thing we kind of briefly hinted on was the idea of virtual real estate and like actually having like a presence out in the world. Like I didn't realize until I started like stalking some of you guys' stuff that I have inadvertently created virtual real estate because I actually created a virtual office for us in Gathertown. And then I created like a public space to do like host events. Like I have an auditorium and I have a classroom and I have a spot out on the lawn for like watch parties and we have meeting rooms and a library. And then people started coming to this space and our clients said like, can we rent this space from you? I was like, that hadn't even occurred to me that I had created something of value that you could rent just as if I would have went and built a physical building. So that idea was just fascinating to me. So that's my example of virtual real estate. But what about you guys? How does that, what does that look like? What is that? Yes, yeah, so absolutely. Um, you can acquire vir- virtual, you know, real estate, just like in the world, right? And you can be a landlord. You, you know, you can, I, I think for companies, I mean, instead of having a meeting in a boring Zoom, like how boring can that be, right? You, you see everyone um, yawning and, picking their face. I mean, how, I mean, yes, it's, it's, I think people need to have a little bit of um, a creative space, right? You're in a beautiful room and everyone can have their own avatar. And actually the engagement is, is way better than in a flat web 2.0 zoom. I mean, I mean, we're in a zoom doing the metaverse, but it's not as, as creative and immersive as in the virtual world. So there's so many uh, different world out there where it's so creative and so beautiful that I would rather hang out there than in my office because it's so futuristic. So it's like you build this amazing space and it was the, the micro interactions that amazed me. You know, we used to have a physical office space and then we went fully virtual before the pandemic. So, you know, everybody else got on board with us when that happened. But um, the little stuff that you don't realize, like we have go-karts in our virtual office. And so I can tell if like one of the people on my team is just kind of maybe getting a little overwhelmed and a little bit like brain, you know, cause she hops in a go-kart and she starts racing around the office. So I'll just be sitting in my office and I just see her going, wee, wee. <laughs> You know, or they just pop in and talk to me or we're heading to a meeting over in our public space and we bump into each other on the way there. 
you know, or if I'm running a few minutes late, they'll already be in the room with the client meeting and talking instead of sitting in the awkward little Zoom waiting room on me to start the meeting. They're already over there and I can walk in and be like, hey guys, I'm sorry, I'm so late. And they can see me walking up and the silly things that you don't realize that you're missing. That was what got to me. And we're, I mean, like gathers nowhere near as fancy as like, you know, spatial and Oculus and the headsets and all the like, you just have like a little character that walks up to somebody. And as you get closer, your cameras and your microphones turn on. And as you get further away, they turn off. And something that simple is bumping into somebody and walking to a meeting together. It's just so silly. (laughs) Um, We did a whole chapter of entrepreneurship organization in the Philippines chapter. And so we onboard them in, in a beautiful space and we talk about use cases and I was like, this is actually so cool. And they were so excited. And so like, I bet my son knows how to navigate all this. Cause sometimes people get stuck in a tree. It's actually fun. Hilarious. You can bring some champagne. You're in the bar and it's cool. Right. Um, yeah. So there's different kinds. There's like a real world looking um, virtual spaces and there's the gaming world where the central end and all the, uh, all the, you know, press uh, for some reason that that creates a lot of buzz, and you 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 will hear big brands like Samsung rented a space, or the, the fashion shows are being created there at uh, Central End. Dan, is that correct? Mm-hmm. And yeah, yes, yes, yeah, so it, it's really fascinating. So, how can you really make money off uh, utilizing virtual world? Well, just like any other world, you can flip it. Or like for me personally, I invested a place where it has some significance for me. Like, for example, I love the Santorini Blue Dome. So one of the virtual space, I bought that property because, you know, that's one of my favorite places in the world. Right. So, again, let's talk about significance to you. What is valuable to you and you buy it and maybe I can charge people to to, you know, for a ticket to take pictures in that area. Because that's one of the most, you know, Instagram photos of of all of Greece. So, um, and I've I've seen some some prices like went up in in the city of New York and Miami because that's where all the hubs of of NFTs and blockchain. So, um, you you can flip your your virtual spaces like you're in the real world. That is so cool. And it opens up that technology to so many more people. So we've kind of touched on it, but like, why do you guys like think this is really important for entrepreneurs? Like maybe you start with Daniel and then do Kate and you both answer that question. Like, why do you think it's so important? Dan, go ahead. Yeah. Christina, first off, I, I love your space. I know you showed me last time. So um, it's fun. It's so cool. I think, like you mentioned, engage, employee engagement is really high um, than just sitting at home. Mm-hmm. So this is the future of the internet. If you went back to the the mid nineties, early two thousands, if you said, Hey, every entrepreneur needs, is going to have to have a website one day. And then every entrepreneur is going to have to have social media. I know you do a lot of marketing. So, I mean, it's, it's just the next phase. And for some reason I am finding that there's a lot of people surprisingly that are even in web 2.0, like social media marketing, and they just, are very hesitant and don't believe in Web3 or the metaverse, which is almost shocking to me because they're in the industry, but this is just the next evolution. So it's not that maybe someone has to change their whole business model today and tomorrow everything's gonna be different. It's more about looking towards the future, seeing what is available today, because maybe there's something that you can add on, like you had mentioned, 
maybe you could do all of your client, uh, your client calls in the virtual space, which might have a much higher rate of close than if you're doing it on a Zoom, boring Zoom, right? Maybe you're the first person in your industry to do something. Uh, like we have a client who's the first person in her design and furniture industry that's doing something. So now she's getting a tremendous amount of media and press uh, because of that. So there's a lot of ways that you can maximize now, but it doesn't mean you have to change your whole business model and jump in tomorrow. Yeah, that's a neat way to think of that because it's like, yeah, I mean, I was building websites for people back when I still had to convince them that websites were something you needed. So I love that analogy. And then I think meeting with clients there, it ha we have done all of our meetings there. I turned off Zoom. Um, I don't meet with clients in Zoom unless they just make me because they're being stiff and boring or whatever. But like we meet with clients in Gathertown and they have a suite for like our regular clients that we meet with all the time or the ones that are in our 12 week accelerator. They have a private suite and we have all of the resources right there. So it's like in the accelerator, there's like nine things we're trying to check off for you. I represented those on the back wall of their suite and we actually check them off. So as we meet week over week, there's a progress board that they can see. And then there's access to the recordings is in their suite. Access to their Google Drive folder is in the suite. Access to their Miro board where we do all of our planning is in their suite. And it's like you can't do that in Zoom. They can physically walk up to their Miro board and open it in their client suite. So they know that that's where they can go to access everything. And it just, it's so easy and simple. So I love that. I love that analogy so much. So what about you, Kate? Why do you think it's important? Well, I'm always the, the early adapter, right? Like I have no problem with adapting change and I don't want to be left behind. I'm, I, I know I've heard of blockchain early in 2016 and I didn't jump on it and I want to punch my face because I did not invest into something, right? Or I, you know, a friend of ours, uh, because of Clubhouse, he he acquired two of the Board AP Yacht um, NFT and from $850 and now they're worth $240 $240,000 a piece. So, and that's because of us, but I didn't jump on it. So it took me a while, even though as early adapter as I am, but it's really something that as an entrepreneur, you know, you don't have to do full in, but what can I do? So I don't want, I won't be disrupted in the next few, few years. So it's good to just open your mindset of what can you do right now to prepare to the next evolution of the internet? Like I'm heavily, heavily in the e-commerce. I'm in the, in the, in the hospitality world. So what can I do? Be creative. Maybe I can recreate my hotel as a, like a, a virtual world as, as, as a showroom for my guests. You know, those are some of the things like, but there's really a reward for being an open mind and early adapter. Dan mentioned about the evolution of the internet. I mean, we used to not think of, personal brand or website why do i need to have my own personal website if i want to be a speaker why can they just i'm just give you my uh, business card but doesn't that look weird when someone give you your business card in a conference like wow this person is old school because now when you go to conference say what's your ig handle maybe in the, the web 3.0 like hey let's scan each other's av avatar we'll hang out in the web 3.0 i think that is really the future as yeah. scary yeah. it may sound, but um, I know it's really hard to adapt change, but um, I think slowly opening our mind as an entrepreneur is, is the way for us to stay relevant and to sustain our business. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm there was a time when people thought, oh, I don't need a website. And then all of their competitors got websites. And then what happened? <laughs> 
Yes. Yeah. And I know there's like a huge debate even with like events on, you know, now that we've had virtual events and people trying to go back to the real thing, there's some pushback where people are like, I don't want to, like I can go to events that I wouldn't normally be able to go to because of travel and whatnot. I don't have to travel. I can sleep in my own bed, still get the information, but you miss the networking. And it's like, when you do them in virtual, that changes, it kind of solves that problem that, you know, people are putting a lot of money and a lot of effort and a lot of time into trying to figure out how to solve. Like it was just at the um, virtual event on virtual events that Sage is hosting. And they're the ones that is, they're, they're behind all the big events that have been happening. Mm-hmm. Tony Robbins, Dean Graziosi, all those ones are doing these huge events. They're the team making that happen. And they're literally, their best recommendation for hybrid is to run two separate events about six weeks apart do an in-person event six weeks later, do a virtual event or vice versa because they've tested every other model and nothing works. And it's like, just go virtual problem solved. You can still network around the thing and not have to travel. (laughs) You can still have all of the side convos that happen. Like, you know, we'll go into a digital marketer certified partner day here in like a month or two. And some of us are talking about hosting little side events around the event, which is pretty common. Yeah, you can do that in virtual. Still don't have to travel. Still can do those things. Like even yeah. in our little yeah. tiny gather town space, once the event's over, you can go hang out and talk. There's open networking. You can go sit and chit chat and I can go about my day. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now let's talk about our employee. Majority of them, they just want to work from home. So how can you be creative and have that culture as a CEO? Maybe the virtual space or virtual office is the one to keep in touch and they still see you, right? So think about it. And it saves you money renting a real office. There you go. Yeah, And you still get some visibility. I think one of the coolest things after we launched Gather was I could see my team meeting together to work. You know, and they've been doing this the whole time anyway. They've been doing Zoom meetings and they've been doing Slack and they've been, so they've been collaborating, but I didn't see it, you know? And it's like, as soon as we launched Gather and I could see, different people on my team getting together to work on projects. And it was like, oh, that is so cool. I love it so much that I can see that happening. And I could see the little chat bubbles over their characters. And like, it was just, it was neat. It was really, it's the weird things that you just don't think about, I think. Yeah, yeah I think the fear of people is like, why would I want to hang out virtually? Well, you don't really have to be in a virtual space 24 hours a day. Maybe two yeah. hours two hours a day, hang out with your clients and friends, and then you go out to Starbucks and have coffee. Dan, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, it, there's also a piece of you know, individuality or people want to have multiple avatars and they want to express themselves. And there's a lot of people, I think, probably more now than ever, um, that may just be uncomfortable expressing themselves at the workplace in a normal situation. So, you know, the avatar, the digital space gives them the ability to do that. You know, you can be, let's say tomorrow, I want to be a tree and I want to walk around as a tree as my avatar. Or maybe I want to be a human that looks like myself, or maybe I want to look something complete. Maybe I want blue hair because I've always wanted blue hair. So I think that there's a piece there with the virtual world where it's going to allow people to, and I think some people are a little bit scared around that um, because they think, well, I'm not talking to you, but actually I am talking to you. I'm talking to maybe the best version of you because maybe in person, you're just a little bit more 
you know, reserved or you're just not comfortable being around, like you mentioned, thousands of people. So when you network, it's actually difficult for you. So this gives you the ability to, to remove a lot of that uncomfortableness and for you to really be yourself and be the self that you want to be, which I think will be, it'll be really fun and, and interesting. And I'm sure there's going to have to be a mindset shift for a lot of people to get used to how things will be. Um, but I mean, it's going to be, I think, really an incredible space. And it's just going to be a lot to think about in the future. Like you mentioned, once once things become maybe even shifted to being more virtual and funny, you say that is we're actually putting on a conference in Asia. So it's something that we're, we're dealing with right now is to, you know, how do we balance both virtual and in person and still make it, you know, an impactful event. Uh, but it'll be very fascinating in the future how, you know, which which way do things uh, sway? Yeah, Sage had tried, like they broke down all the different things that they had tried to make that work. And they said what they ran into was one audience or the other kept feeling excluded. So it's like either the speaker was like talking to the people on the screens and kind of forgot that the in-person audience was there and the in-person audience was basically watching a TV show or they only focused on the live in-person audience because that's what they were used to and then neglected the people on the screen. So they were saying stuff like, hey, it's great to be back live in person with you guys again. And it's like, well, that's 10% of your audience that's here. The other 90%, that statement made no sense and kind of disconnected you from them. And it was just, mm -hmm. they said it was just interesting experiences. Like when you watch TV or in a movie theater, you don't generally laugh out loud. So if they were speaking to the screens and not to the people in the audience, the audience actually stopped laughing out loud because they were just watching the screens. Mm -hmm. So it was like such interesting things that it's like, these are problems that just going into the virtual world just eliminates. And I love what yeah. you said about the avatars. Cause that was one of the things I noticed right away with our staff is they started customizing their avatars and we gave them their yeah. offices as blank slates. And they could go decorate their office however they wanted. And the personality that you can see as you just walk through our space is just, it's crazy how they decorate their different rooms. And I feel like I got to know everybody so much better in the span of like an hour as they decorated their spaces and built their avatars. And it was like, I've been working with these people for years in some cases. And it's like, I didn't like, this is you. You're so cool. That is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I, I had I mean, that reaction and it is a mindset shift, but I think it's a good one. I got to know yeah. people in a new way, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, there you go. You can customize you leading your team because they show up to the world more in the digital because they can be creative. It's like, hey, I like that pink wall that you have. I didn't realize you like pink, <laughs> right? Like one's got flowers and stuff all over the place and is very florally and bright colored. And another one went like he's an engineer and you can tell his office looks like an engineer. It's like you've got the whole palette of virtual furniture to choose from and you've got a basic little desk and one monitor. Like, what are you thinking? <laughs> there you go. But that's just yeah. who he is. It's his style, you know, yeah. so it, it, it fit. It made sense. It worked. Yeah, um, I think that really helps HR to mm -hmm. reach people you're getting data of how people behave and digitally and that's going to be a new um job for hr maybe an expert in the virtual world how to you know manage people in in the virtual um yep. office and it's something yeah. you wouldn't even get in an in-person office because you're providing all of their furniture and their equipment and their like desk and all their you would see some of their little tchotchkes that they would put at their desk 
but you don't get to see like if they could build that as their own space what it would look like and you get that in virtual so it's really cool i know we've talked like a lot about benefits and why we need to do it and i love that but let's talk about challenges right because it sounds really intimidating now i got to go build in the virtual and i don't even know what the virtual is like holy crap so like maybe kate do you want to lead on that one like what do you think some of the biggest hurdles are for businesses that are moving web 3.0 and virtual yeah for sure it's it's at this point, it's really not affordable to have your own offices. Like custom customization costs a lot. Technology is out there; they're outnumbered with talents. But there are some other ways that there are some free virtual worlds that you can utilize. Maybe just slowly get a feel of it. Do I really like it? You know, what I mean, you don't have to do full in. Um, I think that's the number one challenge challenges right now, and um, it's still very new. So the virtual world that you might be building your own audience or might not be relevant in, in, in the next few years, right? That, but that's like any other platform. <laughs> Just like let's talk a clubhouse. It was big in the last one and a half years and it's now it's not relevant anymore to some people. So um, the risk of that, but I, I think kind of, I think the risk, there's some security risk. Maybe, you know, if you go to a virtual offices created a uh, not closed virtual conference, someone might disrupt you, your presentation. So those are some of the risks. Um, and um, Dan, what do you have in mind? I mean, it's, it's again, just being an open mind, but security and, and it's a little bit pricey at this point. Yeah, I think... I think some of the additional risk is kind of what we're seeing right now. The whole point of Web3 is, you know, decentralization and democratization, and it's for everybody and it gives everyone a chance to win. However, as we know, like Kate mentioned, it takes money. And what you're seeing is big corporations are hiring chief metaverse officers and they're putting in a lot of stuff in place where as we know, there's a lot of smaller businesses that don't even have e-commerce. Like they haven't even gotten to web two. They're still like very far behind and they just maybe don't have the ability to do all these things at these big corporations. So I think, I think some of the risk and almost some of the fear is it's just going to be another version of the internet. Just like we saw, it's not, it's going to be owned by these big giants like you know, some of the companies that we all know, there's also a lot of VC money and private equity money going right now around. So, you know, are those the only people that will win are the ones that got funded? What about all the people like you mentioned that are smaller businesses and they're not getting funding specifically for this? Do they even have a chance or are they going to be become obsolete by the technology? I think that's kind of what everyone's fear is. Like, if I don't act, will I become obsolete? It's possible, right? Mm -hmm. However, though, you know, what could I do now? But maybe I can't do anything because I'm still building out my e-commerce store. So to me, I'm, I'm thinking about some of those risks. And hopefully, you know, that's why uh, if enough people can be educated, like what you mentioned, Christina, you have, you know, you're already building out some spaces. And I know um, you know, Kate mentioned those spaces that are for free. So it's like, I think starting small, putting some baby steps and even at worst case, just gaining the knowledge right now. So maybe if your industry is becoming obsolete, you can see it and pivot or do some sort of change before it's too late. We were talking, you know, with some real estate agents the week. I mean, in a few years, 
there might be absolutely no need for a real estate agent. So what are they going to do, you know, today to ensure that in five years, 10 years, they're still even relevant? Yeah, I think that's all really great points. And yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, there are some freeways. I mean, like Gather is completely free for us right now. I'm still not hitting a level where I need to pay for it. So that's pretty cool. I mean, I did get gifted the beta program for the public space that we've got. So I can have up to 500 people in there for free now. But even the paid one's not that bad. It's like $3 a person for like a day or something like that. If you're hosting like an event and you need more space. But they do like up to 25 for free. So it's an easy way to kind of dip your toes in. Um, and it doesn't require... I know the other challenge is like the technology piece, right? So it's like you've got things like Gather that don't really require extra technology. You don't have to have like headsets and all that kind of stuff. You do have to have some decent computers. We realized we needed some upgrades on the computers and had to make a few upgrades. Um, but then there's the things like spatial that need like the Oculus devices or something similar and things like that. So... Maybe speak to like a little bit of the technology involved with moving this direction. Yeah, for sure. Technology, like the free one, definitely there's some limitation of how many number of people can be in one space because the bandwidth is not just there. Majority of virtual spaces right now can hold up to 50 people. Um, that's just a common or else if you keep on adding stuff in there, it's just like wonky and no one can hear you. I, I can have. So those are some of the challenges in, in it comes to virtual spaces and technology. Again, the affordability is not there and it's, it's still they're still currently building. And the one thing that I need to to share your audience as well, because a lot of people of Web3, I want to make money. Right. There's crypto, there's NFT. What I would say is any just like in the real world, just do your own due diligence before investing into someone's project, making sure you know who they are, because part of the, the one of the challenge of the Web3 is the anonymity. And this is what people love because they, they can hide within the avatar, right? And there's some great things to, to that. And there's some risk to that. You don't know who the person is. So make sure before you do invest in an NFT or any project in the DAO or a decentralized autonomous region, uh, I mean, organization, not region, I apologize. Um, do your own digital due diligence like three times because um, we've heard some stories out there. You just have to protect yourself. Make sure you're investing in the right um, project. And one thing to add for the technology is maybe you don't need to move all your people into a virtual space. Maybe you have a digital marketing company and what you want to do is utilize your knowledge of digital marketing and go to companies that are doing stuff like the technology for Web3 and do their marketing. Because what I find is there's a big gap. And that's one thing that we did with one of our companies, our media company, is we provide media because that's what we know for Web3 companies. I might not know everything about Web3, but I know about media. It's all the same. So I think there's a big opportunity and people don't need to get so focused on like, changing their company or gaining new technology is how can you utilize the existing technology and what you know to help companies that are going into the space that are growing? Because like I mentioned before, there is a massive, massive amount of funding right now for companies that are in the space. But I do see there is a slight lack of marketing for a lot of those companies. I think a lot of them don't actually, especially when it comes to creators, many of them are creators, 
they're creative, they're not really into marketing, they don't fully understand it, they've just gotten all this money for their blockchain technology project, maybe they're an engineer like you mentioned, and now what they need is they need marketing. So I think there's a big opportunity for companies to maximize on those, on the technology that's being built, but just adding in the ability for you to help them based on what your knowledge is. And the ones that are marketing, I know the biggest mistake that I've seen is they get so caught up on the technology and what's possible. And they're like, oh, you know, this feature works this way and this feature works that way that they don't think about how do we communicate what the difference is for the user? How is it going to change your interactions with your staff? How is it going to change your interactions with your clients? How is it going to bring back things or add things? that you didn't realize you even needed. Like how do we, I mean, some of the stuff that we've talked about on this call, just some of my experiences with gather, none of that's in their marketing. It should be, maybe I need to send them this recording, but like (laughs) none of that is in their marketing. They're not talking about how it changes experiences and stuff. So there's definitely a gap, not just in marketing, but in explaining the value, which is why I love that I get to pick both of your brains because there's so much value. You guys are explaining so much of the stuff that I think people just needed to know, needed to hear. Um, so, and we've talked a little bit. I know my next question was what could happen if they don't get on board, but I think we've kind of talked about that, that fear of obsolescence of not being, you know, your competitors are going to be there before you. Like it's going to happen. This is already moving this direction. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Um, so let's talk about what you actually do for people. Right. So how do they get in touch with you? What kind of services do you provide? You're obviously brilliant for Web 3.0. Both of you are and helping people understand this world. So what do you do? How do they find you? Yeah. So um, you can um, go to my website, kayhancock.com. I do a lot of things. I'm the ADD entrepreneurs. I started with e-commerce and that's why I'm I'm so passionate with Web 3.0 because I made money in Web 2.0. I started $20 scale up to a million and sold eight figure business in four years. So that's why I'm, I'm so embracing with technology. It's something that I just love to do. And I, I also run and built a uh, hotel, boutique hotels in Asia. And now we are putting together the biggest, the biggest metaverse festival in Asia, which I'm very excited about. So bringing together um, speakers and experts in, in the space and why Asia, because the, the adoption rate of wallets, um, they're way ahead of the curve that in the US. And so when it comes to the NFT um, games, NFT play to earn program, 45% of the players are based in the Philippines, which I'm from. And that's the reason why we put together the Metaverse Festival in, in Asia. I'm very excited about it. Dan? Yeah, so I, it's, it's going to be huge, right? We have a life mission to actually impact 100 million people in the world. So the other mission that you mentioned is just the mission of, of our newer organization. But our actual life mission is to impact 100 million people. So we see this as something that's going to be huge. But the other piece that we do is... Um, we have a media company where we help entrepreneurs gain authority in things like Forbes and TV. Uh, but w- like I said, we've been really focused on building out this for either Web3 companies or people like yourself. Let's say Christina wants to be known for all the things that she's doing in Gather Town so she can be at the forefront of her industry and then be hired as a speaker, be hired to talk about that within her industry. That is something that we have a high focus on. Oh, that's really cool. 
Yeah. I mean, that's one of my big focuses with people too, is how do you turn your superpowers into sales? How do you gain that extra visibility? How do you communicate your differences? How do you stand out? So, but yeah, I hadn't thought about even that component of it. It's like how, if you are at the forefront, how do you leverage being at the forefront and gain exposure? That's a neat way to think about that too. That's really cool. I like that. So like, let's give the web address one more time. Where do they go? Yeah, for the festival, they can go to metaversexyz.com. Um, um, would love to have you. If, if you know someone who want, who's like an expert, can be speakers, or if you wanted to get, if you wanted to learn about Web3 in general, 360, because currently what you're you're seeing in, in you know, the, the popular NFT, it's all NFT base. So this is a 360 views of the metaverse, like for entrepreneurs, XR, VR e-commerce like a whole broad ex- ex- spectrum of web3 again yeah so metaverse-xyz.com or for the media you can go to ibhmedia.co that's actually inspired by her is what it means but it's ibhmedia.co okay awesome i love that thank you so much for making the time to do this today i feel like there was a lot of really good valuable information here And I hope people reach out to you guys, go to the event, reach out to you for the media. I think that's just such great stuff. So thank you both again. Thank Thank you, Christina. Christina. We'll see you in the Philippines, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. All right. Well, entrepreneurs, this is your call to take action, right? Head over to etatoday.zone and learn how to build a business that enables your lifestyle instead of taking over your life by learning from great people just like Daniel and Kate. Until next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you. (laughs)